Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm your host, Andrew Lubliner, joined alongside my co-hosts, Campbell Klein, Dean McCollum, and Tyler Fertel. Today, we're going to be reviewing the first half of the NBA season and talking about some teams and players that we think are pretty interesting. All right, um, we'll start off with Tyler here. Uh, what's the first thing you want to cover in today's episode? Um, well, I feel like this is a good team to start it off with because I think it's kind of obvious for all of us. Um, a team that I think is 100% going to improve or very likely to improve is going to be the Boston Celtics. They are sitting uh, at the four seed, which honestly isn't bad, but they're only two games um, over uh, 500. They're at 17. Uh, I, I Sorry, they are at 19 and 17. Um, so, I honestly, they've been hurt a lot of the first half uh, of the season, um, a lot of protocols. Uh, so, honestly, if they can stay healthy and maybe make a trade for a player like Nikola Vucevic, Andre Drummond, Aaron Gordon, um, someone of that caliber, someone who can help them. Uh, I definitely think they're going to improve. And even if they just keep their current roster, if they stay healthy, I think they're going to improve. And I think they're going to end up as a top four seed. Maybe they can end up as a top three seed if something happens with either the Sixers, the Nets, or the Bucks. Um, but right now, uh, they're a team that I think is very, very likely to improve. I think that for the Boston Celtics, uh, a big reason why they're barely over 500 is because of Marcus Smart and how he's been out for the past three weeks. Not many people have really noticed, but Marcus Smart is definitely one of the contributing factors to them. They were like a few weeks ago, they were below 500. They're on a little winning streak, but Marcus Smart being out, definitely playing a big part here. Kemba Walker also not playing that well this season. He's had a few uh, good games recently. Uh, coming back from that injury where he missed a bunch of uh, a bunch of the start of the season, so him, Marcus Smart, also they have a big center uh, hole at the center position. Daniel Tice, Tristan Thompson aren't really getting it done because they're not going to be able, at the end of the day they're not going to be able to guard Joel Embiid, who's uh, playing like the best center in the NBA right now. Uh, so definitely, uh, if they they're going to need Marcus Smart back at least in order for them to get back to that contending uh, spot where they should be. And because you can't really do anything, I don't think they're going to be able to uh, get someone like Andre Drummond. They might be able to, but I don't think it's very likely that he ends up in Boston. Same with Vucevic. He's not going to end up in Boston. There's no way. But maybe they trade for a lower tier center, maybe someone like JaVale or Hassan Whiteside, something like that. But uh, they they do have uh, a pretty big hole at center. So if they can uh, replace that hole, try and try and either sign someone in free agency that's for whatever reason there or try and trade for another big man and Marcus markets back and healthy Kemba starts playing well Jalen Brown keeps doing what he's doing Jason Tatum stays healthy I think this is definitely a top three uh three team in the Eastern Conference uh it'll just be a matter of time on when they pick it up um yeah the biggest like I said before the biggest injury has uh the biggest problem for the Sixers sorry the biggest problem for the Celtics has been injuries um with teams like the Sixers and like the Bucks. Um, who haven't had very many injuries. It's been hard to keep up with them just because they aren't staying healthy. Um, the Nets have just, they're, they're very talented. So they can, they can really win a, a game <laughs> kind of whenever they want, whenever they want. Um, but you said, I don't really agree that their biggest problem right now is the center position because they're not playing. I mean, obviously they played the Sixers, what, once or twice and, but other than that, I they haven't been playing too many centers where they just being completely manhandled in the second uh in the uh paint. So yeah, that's a problem. And I think they tried to solve it with Pris- Tristan Thompson, which obviously didn't work. 
But I think they're definitely their main priority has to just be getting healthy and kind of also maybe improving the bench because they have a lot of young players on that bench. Peyton Pritchard has been one of their best players um, on the bench this year, and he's been playing really well. But other than that, they're young players like Aaron Naismith, uh, Nesmith, sorry, um, uh, Romeo Lankford, Grant Williams hasn't been playing ra- bad. Robert Williams hasn't been playing bad, but overall, they're just not getting much production overall. Um, so they need to kind of just stay healthy and just really have some more consistency from their bench. But yeah, like you said, the center position is a problem. I just don't think it's the most lingering problem right now. I mean, I'd argue that it definitely is because obviously injuries, like you have to be healthy as a team. That's a given. And injuries aren't really a problem if you're considering like a physical problem. Obviously injuries are bad and that's going to derail this team in the future if everyone doesn't get healthy. But Marcus Smart should be coming back in the next few weeks. And their biggest problem is definitely the uh, center position because at the end of the day, when you're in a playoff series versus someone like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons is healthy, which they didn't get to do last season because they played the Sixers in the first round. Ben Simmons didn't play the entire year, uh, the entire series, sorry. The Celtics aren't going to be able to contain him. So that's definitely going to be their biggest problem because there's no way someone like Daniel Tice or Tristan Thompson is going to be able to stop one of the most powerful big men in the league in Joel Embiid. So I think uh, the center position is definitely their biggest problem. I, I never I never said that it's not a problem. Obviously, it's a problem, but in the first half of the season, it hasn't been their biggest problem because they've only faced a dominant center like Joel Embiid, what, once or twice, and Andre Drummond, like, once or twice, and Vucevic, once or twice. So, other than that, really, oh, sorry, Drew, and Mitchell Robinson um, uh, for, for uh, your Knicks. But, no, I was um, just saying, I, I don't know if really Andre Drummond's in the category of I know, but he's a big center, and Daniel Tice or Robert Williams is probably the Celtics' biggest center. So for categorizing those seven-footers as big centers, they haven't really faced very many of them that have really just destroyed them in the paint. So in the first half of the season, in my perspective, the center position hasn't been that bad for them other than a couple of those games where they played Embiid and Vucevic, where they played really well. But they just have to get healthy, and if they get healthy, I think they're 100% going to be a top-four seed, potentially top-three seed in the conference. Right, but this team is barely over 500, and you're saying they barely played the top centers. So don't you think that's got to be a little bit of a problem if they're barely over 500 and they barely but, played but any the, of the But injuries centers? are a bigger problem than the centers for them. Obviously, that's true. Kemba Walker was out basically the, the entire first quarter of the season, and um, Marcus Smart's been out since, what, like four weeks ago? At and all, all, also, Jalen Brown was out for two weeks for protocols, and Jason Tatum was out three weeks for protocols. So during those times when both of them were out, are we expecting them to win any games? Well, I mean, they're one of the deepest teams in the NBA. You got to expect them to win games. Are they are not one of the deepest teams in the NBA? The Boston Celtics are not one of the deepest teams in the NBA. No, Drew, you want to talk about this? Their bench is horrific. Obviously, Romeo, Romeo Lankford, who averages what two points per game, has been the getting the second unit recently. led by the twenty fifth overall pick in the draft. I think was like a plus thirty five against the Celtics bench when the Knicks played them earlier this season. The next bench is the the Celtics bench is terrible. I'm telling you, they, they're really inexperienced. They're young. They got, they're young. They got this undrafted guy, Javonta Green, playing like 20 minutes yeah. a night. No offense to Payne Pritchard. He's still a rookie. All rookies, Robert, Robert all rookies struggle, so you can't really, de- you can't really depend season. on a rookie. Robert Williams has been pretty good for them, I will admit, but not having Marcus either. Smart really hurts because now other guys have to step up. And one guy that I'm a little confused, like Romeo Lankford, like doesn't he, even he was touch a lottery the- pick. He, he's a lottery pick and doesn't even touch the floor, which I don't know what's going right, on Right, which there. shows that their team is deep. because he It does show that their team is deep. They got guys like Carson Edwards. 
it it doesn't necessarily the mean team their team is deep. deep. It just means that these. I just said the team was. It's just not working out though. It just yeah, it just means that their lottery pick. You could be deep. You could be deep, but your players don't go together. Like I think Grant Williams is a really good bench player, really good rotational player, but he's not having a great season. And if you look at the other guys, like you can make a case that they're deep, but if they're not winning, then like how deep are they? Yeah, I mean they could they with getting back healthy, getting Marcus Smart back, getting Jeff Teague back. They have Kemba Walker now getting Peyton Pritchard back, Aaron Nesmith being healthy, their their bench being healthy. I definitely think they could potentially be a deep team. But in this first half of the season, riddled with injuries, they were not a very deep team. And that showed against games, close games. Right. But right before we move on to the next topic, obviously you're not going to be as deep of a team when a bunch of your players are injured. Isn't that right? Yeah, but your your argument was that they were deep in the first half of their season. My argument was I said that they were a deep team. I never said that they were the deepest team in the first half of the season. But who's 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 their backup power forward? Is it Grant Williams or is it... Yeah, Grant Williams plays backup power forward, yeah. Who's backup small forward? Is it Nesmith? Aaron Nesmith, yeah, he plays some minutes. Javante Green also. See, what, what what's confusing to me is they've had two lottery picks in the past two years in Romeo Langford and Aaron Nesmith, and neither of them basically have any important role on this team, which is really interesting to me because... They're a contender. Like if they they I if they're not going to really use their lottery picks, just trade them away. Right, but that that isn't that a problem on their management system because yeah. they they, yeah, Danny, they are a team. They Danny are a team. Okay, they are a team that's been known to be very good season season out. Like the Boston Celtics are consistently at the top of the East, and they always use their picks because they, remember they traded with the boss uh, the Brooklyn Nets and they got a plethora of picks, and they never even trade those picks. Like Romeo Langford didn't even play last year on the active roster. And uh, like you mentioned, Aaron Nesmith, he doesn't really get that many minutes. So, I mean, I don't... So, I guess, I guess in that way, they could be deep. But in the first half of the season, they were so injury-prone that they were not deep whatsoever. Right, right, right. Yeah, I agree. And Danny Ainge did also say that he um, he messed up a little bit with their roster. Yeah, I think, recently, I think Danny so. Ainge definitely uh, overplayed the uh, amount of picks he had and didn't use them wisely when he could have traded for a better player at the time. But we're going to move on now. Uh, I know Campbell uh, has a team in mind that he would like to bring up. Uh, yeah, not only do I have a specific team in mind, it's sort of more of a a group of teams. I was uh, looking at the standings, and I noticed uh, a lot of the teams that went deep into the playoffs last year haven't started the season out super hot. So we have the Lakers, who have been okay until Anthony Davis got injured. We have the Nuggets, who are, let me see, I think sitting around the 7 or 8 seed. Oh, 6 seed, and they've won 6 of their last 10, 4 in a row. We have the Heat, who started the season really slow, starting to pick it up. Some of that's due to Jimmy Butler having uh, COVID. And then we have the Celtics, who, as we just talked about for 10 minutes, started the season a little bit slow. They're picking it up a little bit, but we all agree that they're going to improve. So uh, for that group of teams, I really, I'm expecting all of those teams to play better in the second half of the season than they did in the first half. Maybe not the Lakers with uh, the Anthony Davis injury exception. But all those teams have won the majority of their last 10 games, and they're looking to be hitting stride. And also, sort of in comparison to this, a lot of the teams that uh, got knocked out of the bubble early are really thriving in this first half of the season. The Utah Jazz lost in the first round. The Philadelphia 76ers lost in the first round. The Phoenix Suns didn't play in the playoffs. Uh, Who's the two seed in the East right now? The Nets didn't play in the playoffs. Obviously, they had injuries, but it's more rest than some of the teams that went deep in, in the playoffs did. So I just think that's, 
that's really interesting. And I was wondering what do you guys think is going to happen with some of the teams at the top of the East and the top of the West that had time to rest and some of the teams near the bottom or the middle that are still trying to get their legs back? Um, I'll start here with the Nuggets. Obviously, they played in the conference finals last year after upsetting the Clippers and then lost to the Lakers. But um, the, the Nuggets haven't been playing terrible basketball. Like, they're in the sixth seed, but they're only a game, half a game back of the Trailblazers in the five seed and, what, uh, two and a half or two to three three to game, three games behind the Clippers who are in the four seed and the Lakers in the three seed. Uh, they're, like, three to four games behind them. So it's not like it's that big of a margin, but – I what I've noticed with Nuggets basketball recently is that not only have they had a good amount of back to backs, but their their defense recently has been awful. And they're supposed to be third best player in Michael Porter Jr., which was my pick for most improved player of the year, has had to be taken out of the game in late game scenarios. Their third best player has had to be taken out of the game in late game scenarios because he's not a good enough defender. So when you have to do that, and when Jokic, he's an okay defender, he probably needs to get better, and Bede's a better defender than him, uh, Jamal Murray's an okay defender, uh, Gary Harris and uh, Will Barton, I think Gary Harris is a pretty good defender, if I'm to be right, he's a good on-ball defender, Will Barton's not terrible, so they have a lot of mediocre defenders, and in a league, and, and uh, on a team where you play a lot of very good teams, like in the Western Conference, you're the six seed right now, and you're you're 21 and 15, like, it's really competitive. You you have to make those important defensive stops, and they haven't been able to do that. And that is just, in my uh, in my eyes, just what is happening to them. I expect them to make the playoffs. I expect them to get the 4-6 to six seed because they're a really good team. They have a lot of talent, and they'll get it going at some point. Um, and then going to the Heat, yeah, they're the 6 seed right now. Bam and uh, Jamie Butler have both missed a lot of time. Tyler Hero's been out for a pretty good amount of time. Um, they're going to pick it up. They'll they'll end up making the playoffs. They'll end up, my, in my eyes, also being a four to six seed. Um, because Jimmy Butler, as we saw in the bubble, is a very competitive player. He gives it. He gives his all every night on the court, which could be a problem uh, because there are going to be a lot of games going down the stretch, um, going into the playoffs. And then Bam out of bio. Pretty good. Precious Achua, he hasn't gotten very many minutes, but he's capitalized on those minutes he's got. He's been playing pretty well. Um, and Duncan Robinson, to Andrew's surprise, um, or Andrew's delight, he's been playing not as – he hasn't shot the ball quite as well as we did last year, but he's still a good shooter. He's still one of the premier shooters in the NBA. So they'll get it going at some point. They have a lot of good talent and good uh, veteran talent too, like Andre Iguodala and uh, Goran Dragic. So they'll get it going. I think they'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, those are – two of the teams that I'll talk about here. Yeah, Tyler, um, it's pretty funny. Uh, well, obviously, I know that, you know, Duncan Robinson, he definitely holds himself to pretty high standards, but it's kind of funny saying, like, you know, he's not shooting his best and he's still shooting 40% from three. It's, pre- it's pretty funny to talk about just how good of a shooter he is. But just to talk about the Nuggets for a second, I think they're going to be fine. I think one of the reasons why they've lost some of their games is simply because uh, they lost a ton of front court depth. No offense to Paul Millsap. He's old. He cannot be playing more than 30 minutes a night. They really miss Jeremy Grant, especially um, on the defensive end. Uh, Jeremy Grant, like he would guard Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron. Like he's guarding the best perimeter player, the best perimeter wing on the other team. Um, And so they're missing that. Also, their backup center went from Mason Plumlee, who's actually had a very good season on the Detroit Pistons, to Isaiah Hartenstein, who wasn't even getting playing time last year. And that just goes to show that their lack of depth depth is definitely hurting them. 
Um, but the Nuggets, they have a, a positive net rating, uh, fifth in the league. So I'm not really worried about them. Also, they have Jokic, who can pretty much win them single-handedly, uh, win them games. So I'm not too worried about the Nuggets. I think one of the reasons why the Heat ha- had their slow start is probably because, obviously, the main reason is Jimmy Butler and his COVID situation. Um, I I saw that they're like 13-8 and eight with Butler, and they're like, something below 500 without him so he's definitely the most important player to that team and i think just because that team it's kind of all built around jimmy in a way and i'm not sure if bam can be the number one like go-to option on a on a playoff team yet and the heat they're getting back into it though as campbell said they are the sixth seed um and the east is very close and if you're talking about some teams that are probably going to improve i think uh the miami heat uh will definitely be one of those teams yeah, uh, going uh, back to your guys' discussion on the Denver Nuggets, I'm not really too worried about them like most of you guys. Um, I think that the the Denver Nuggets, they have a bunch of experience. I mean, they're young guys. I mean, you can consider Jamal Murray and Jokic somewhat somewhat young, obviously, because they're still in their mid-20s. But uh, they went to the Western Conference Finals. They know what it's like to play in the playoffs. I expect them to improve. It kind of sucks that Paul Millsap, he's regressing because that comes with age, and uh, their guys off the bench aren't really stepping it up. I, like Andrew mentioned, Isaiah Hartenstein barely getting PT on the Rockets last year. And then Bull Bull hasn't really been anything for them. I mean, he said he was winning rookie of the year. I don't think that's happening, but that's besides the point. Uh, uh, I think that what Tyler uh, mentioned about their defense was interesting because uh, like he said, Michael Porter Jr. Or was it Michael Porter Jr., Tyler? He was being pulled out of the game in late game scenarios. One of their best scores is one of their best pure scores. Like if you need to get, if you need the team to get a bucket, you pass the ball to him. He had to be pulled out of the game for someone like Will Barton or Gary Harris. People, two guys who are limited on that offensive end, two very above average defenders, but they can't really do much on the offensive side of the ball. So, I mean, that, that could be a late game problem. Uh, Jamal Murray's not very good at defense either. And, um, so I just have to expect more for Jamal Murray, especially on the offensive side, because he he hasn't been what he was in the bubble. Many people thought that he, in, including myself, many people thought he was going to be the same player he was coming out of the bubble. I know that's very high expectations, but still he was playing insane uh, in the bubble. Uh, and teams like the Heat, um, they're the sixth seed in the East right now. Uh, and another team I want to mention really quickly, the Raptors, they're the eighth seed in the East right now. I expect teams like the Knicks to move down move into that like play in position. I know Andrew, you're shaking your head, but don't act like that's unrealistic right there. Cause I, I can't really see the Knicks finishing we'll get to the Knicks in a second. Yeah, we'll get to the Knicks in a second, but uh, Knicks are the five seed. They have a very tough second half of the year. Uh, and uh, I can see a team like the Raptors cause they have a lot more experience. They have a lot more firepower. Their roster is way better on paper. So I can see a team like them in the heat comfortably moving into that position where they don't have to play in the playing game to get into the playoffs. So uh, anyone else want to speak on these sort of teams that are sort of in a sticky situation? Yeah. Let me, I, right before we go to the Knicks, uh, I just want to talk about the Raptors real quick. Similar to the Celtics, they've not been healthy um, the first half of the season. Uh, Pascal Siakam has been out with protocols and injuries. Their coach, Nick Nurse, missed, like, the past, what, I don't even know how many games because out to protocols. Kyle Lowry has been out. Um, Chris Boucher started the season off great and has just fallen off. Fan Van Vliet's having a pretty good season. Uh, their big their big problem is the, the center position. I think they should go after Andre Drummond in my, uh, in my, in, uh, personally because 
I think they're definitely a contender if they can get that center position. They have they have everything else I think they need. I they, I mean, they have a good defender in Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell. I mean, really, their whole team are pretty good defenders. That's how they won the championship a couple of years ago, playing good defense. So they have the defense. They have some pure scorers like Fred Van Vliet. Um, they're a good team. OG Ananobi provides some explosiveness. So they're... 17 and 19 right now going to the all-star break. I expect them to move up. I expect them to probably overtake the Knicks um, and probably the Hornets too. Um, so definitely I think they'll make the playoffs. I just really, really not sure where that's going to be because you never know. They could go on a really, really long win streak and end up potentially being a four seed or they could win like, I don't know. They could end the season with like, I don't, there are 72 games a season, right? So they could end the season with, 40 to 50 wins, 40 wins, maybe 30 wins. I don't know. Somewhere around that, <laughs> not 50, most likely. They already, they already have 19 losses. Sorry about that. Could end up um, with about 40 wins that I could potentially see. So, um, yeah, they're, they, they're definitely a streaky team. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they have in the second half of the season. I think you might be forgetting that's a 72 game season because yeah, that's they, 17 they, wins right now. I'm not sure if they're going to get to 40. I'm that, not, they, I'm not. They would have to go 23 and what? If, if they have not impossible. Let's for say them they go 43. Let's, let's say they get 40. So they have to go 32. 20. They have let's to go 23 and 13. That, that that's means pretty, that they would have that's to win doable, 23 games that's definitely and doable. lose. 23 and 13 is doable, 13? but they do they have no bench. 20. They, they could have go no 23 bench, and, and Siakam's not having a they great could, season. They could go 23 and 13 they easily could. in they my could. They, they could. Yeah. Uh, frankly, they a lot of teams could. But what from the first half of the season makes you say? For me, it's only so the fact much. that they're well-coached. Well, yeah, they, they're a well-coached team. Nick Nurse has been in the coaches of the year conversation they, they so their, many times. They, they have virtually the same roster as they did last season except for their center position. That's why I'm saying that if they can go after potentially a player like Hassan Whiteside or Andre Drummond and get that big body in the middle that they need, I think they can be a contender. Right now, I don't know if they are, but uh, I definitely think that they can be. Yeah, definitely a team to keep around. Um, we're going to shift gears now to uh, my favorite team in the NBA. Um the New York Knicks currently sitting at a uh, nineteen and eighteen, above five hundred. Uh, um, can we, can for the I first time in a while. Congratulations! Just just want to put that thank out you. there before we go on. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Cherish the moment. Yeah. Uh yeah, definitely got to cherish this moment because there's definitely a chance the Knicks will end the season under five hundred. They have the second hardest schedule in the East remaining. Uh, for the second half, uh, fifth hardest in the NBA. So it's not looking too bright to be to be quite honest. Um. They they open the season. I know they play the Bucks Nets. I'm pretty sure back to back. So they could quickly fall below 500 again. Um, and then they end the season with an extremely tough West Coast road trip, where they pretty much play every team on the West Coast pretty much for about seven or eight straight games, including all the top teams. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough uh, tough road for them. But uh, I guess just to talk about like. I don't know, but I know you guys don't really believe this, but I truly believe that you can make the argument that Tom Thibodeau actually deserves Coach of the Year. And I think as okay, of right you now, can, you can make the argument right now. They're nineteen and eighteen with one of the worst rosters in the NBA. I know. Like, I yeah. think. I think. I think I'd still have to give it to Quinn Snyder myself. But if if the Utah Jazz go on an, a big losing streak, or if a player gets injured, I don't want that to happen. But I'm just saying, if they somehow fall off a little bit, 
I, I think that if, if the Knicks could keep a top four seed, then it'd be a pretty impressive. I don't think they're going to keep a top four seed. I think more realistically, the Knicks are a playing team. But uh, before we get to talking about playoffs, I'd just like to highlight uh, another thing about the Knicks season. Julius Randle has been absurd this season. Uh, I know you guys don't watch the Knicks very much. They're not on uh, national television, so you have no reason to either way. But uh, last year, watching Julius Randle was, you wanted to turn the TV off and just you cry, go cry to sleep. Like it, it was, it was terrible. But now it's like I want to see Julius Randle play forty minutes a night, which is pretty crazy. Um, and then. RJ Barrett is having a nice bounce back season. You know, we got haters like Dean saying he's not going to be good, but hey, he's uh, almost up to 17 uh, points per game, six boards, shooting over 40% from three uh, in his last 15 games. Uh, RJ's definitely been finding his stroke. And then we got the steal of the draft, no question, Emmanuel quickly uh, at I'm pick sorry, number I'm 25. Have to that. I think it's Cassius Winston going to the Wizards. He's been playing three minutes per game. I'm going to take him over. Emmanuel quickly any day and Cassius Stanley. He's about to win the dunk contest. So don't worry about that. <laughs> oh yeah. I I think Obi will be able to uh, give him a good, uh, good run from his money. But anyways, back to Emmanuel quickly. Uh, he probably already has the best floor to the NBA and he's a rookie. Um, he literally shoots the floater from like the three point line and pretty much switches it every time. Uh, he's also shooting 94, 90, uh, 95% from the free throw line, which is pretty impressive. Uh, for a rookie, I see you shaking your head. Yes, he is. You can go look up the stats. Um, it's so irrelevant. Like I, it's not I, irrelevant. I, come on. One of the best. He's. T- I'm pretty sure he's top five, top three, three in NBA free throws. Free throw has Emmanuel quickly hit this. Yeah, season. like how, he how shot over a hundred free throws this season, which is a good sample really size. He, he actually gets. He gets to the. He line gets to the free throw line a lot. He gets to the line a lot. He's really good at drawing fouls. This season, he does get to the line a lot. How many games do you think Emmanuel quickly is one for the Knicks at the free throw line? Zero. Zero. Against against the Kings, it wasn't just him, but he shot like fifteen free throws because the Kings yeah, just couldn't guard him. Didn't she win by twenty one? Won by like twenty. Yeah, but that's fifteen points shot. right there. So okay, but I'm not saying Six. he's dropping from ninety five percent to zero percent. If he shot like what's league average? If, if league average is probably like eighty five. Like no, no mid seventies, no, mid seventies, mid seventies, like low eighties. Either way, yeah. someone like Emmanuel quickly, someone someone like him, a guard, a small guard they're not going to be shooting like 70. So if he's shooting 85% from the line in that game, you're still winning that game. Like shooting 95. No, but he, he does draw fouls. True, but also he does draw fouls and he's good at making free throws. So that is definitely yeah, something. That's, 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 that's I a big know part what 95% from the free throw line means. So thank you for putting that into words. I just, but I'm not saying I'm, it's, I'm not saying it's winning the next games. I'm just saying it's something to highlight okay, about enough, uh, a good part of his game. Um, but yeah, you know, the Knicks definitely a revelation. Did not expect this. Expected to be, you know, fade for Cade, you know, tank for whoever, but we're making a playoff push, which is nice. It's kind of happy. I, I, I like seeing Derrick Rose back on the Knicks. Uh, it didn't end too well the first time, and he's pretty determined to make the playoffs. Uh, he pretty much said uh, that, you know, he only wanted to go team where he had at least a shot to make the playoffs. So uh, he definitely he definitely believes in the Knicks roster, um, you know, he wanted to get back with his good old buddy Taj Gibson uh, and Tibbs, uh, you know, back in uh, back when they were in the Bulls together. But yeah, the Knicks have definitely been a nice, pleasant surprise, and we'll see if they can make the playoffs or not. Dean, I know you have some thoughts on where you think they'll end up at the end of the year. Yeah. So before I talk about the Knicks record-wise, um, I'd just like to say some things about 
Andrew's claims about me uh, on RJ hating. First of all, I was only hating on him his rookie year because he's a shooting guard shooting about 50% from the free throw line in his rookie year, in his rookie year. And uh, I, a, a lot of my hate was based off of all of his fantasy performances where he would consistently get negative points because he couldn't make the make a shot to be quite frank but i will give it to you he's had a much improved season i'll give that to you i'm not hating on him anymore you know that and uh obvious it's it's a shame that uh ob top in their eighth overall pick uh this year hasn't been getting any playing time because julius randall's playing out of his mind um because the knicks are in a sticky situation where they they drafted ob Toppin to become the successor of julius randall because there were so many rumors flying in and out that the Knicks were going to try and trade Julius before the trade deadline. That's not going to happen. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and so Obi Toppin really hasn't gotten an opportunity. Um, many of us, except Andrew, are making jokes about uh, him being a bust because he is not playing like an eighth overall pick, although he's only averaging like 14 minutes a game. But uh, Andrew, I have a question for you because you're a Knicks fan. So you'll understand. Uh, you sort of mentioned this. You sort of touched on this at the end of uh, what you were saying like uh tank for Kate or whatever but uh how would you since you're a Knicks fan how do you feel because the Knicks that I mean they're probably gonna make the playoffs maybe they're gonna make the plan most likely it's like I'd say there's a pretty high chance I think I think there's a pretty good chance they end up as a seven or eight seed seeing okay. how they were playing That's in the first exactly half. what I just said exactly what I just said I think there's a very high chance that they're a play-in team uh, and if they get into the playoffs, which there is a chance, if they get into the playoffs, how do you feel? Because they're probably not going to win a series in the playoffs. And then it's basically they just have like a pick right outside the lottery uh, instead of maybe having a worse regular season and having a top five pick in a loaded draft class. Yeah, I definitely understand. You know, I, I'm I'm seeing things like, of course, the one year you got the loaded draft class, the Knicks aren't in like the top five of the lottery. But at this point, I'm just I, I'd rather make the playoffs. Um, and to be honest, I don't think they can win. Uh, I'm not sure that they will win a playoff series, but I think that they can win their play in assuming they're a seven to eight team, the teams that are going to be around there as of right now, it's Indiana, Chicago, Toronto, and Charlotte. I expect Toronto to move up. Um, so Charlotte's definitely going to be there. Indiana's most likely going to be there. Chicago could be there. Atlanta's right on the cusp. Um, the wizards, I mean, they ended the they ended the first half not too bad. We'll see what happens there, but I expect I expect the Knicks to be able to win at least one game, if not two, uh, against those teams. But in terms of a playoff series, I just don't see. I mean, assuming they're a seven or eight seed, if they end up playing the seventy sixers, they have no chance. Mitchell Robinson got absolutely destroyed by Joel Embiid early in the first half of the season, and RJ Barrett just couldn't score on Ben Simmons. Against the Nets, the Nets, the Knicks just they just can't uh they can't keep up with the Nets scoring. Um so if they end up playing maybe the Bucks or the Celtics, uh maybe they take a game or two. They already blew, they already blew out both teams this year, but in a seven game series, they have no chance uh to win that. Um but I I definitely I I, I definitely thought about like, oh, the one year Cade's in the draft, like, you know, they're not gonna get it. But also they do have the Mavericks pick, so maybe they can pull both of those uh they can uh, pull both those picks together and maybe try to trade up to get into like the top five or something, depending on where those picks fall. Cause you, cause you know, if the Mavericks or the Knicks are the nine or 10 seed, it's still a lottery pick. So, you know, the balls could roll in their favor somehow, which they don't roll in the favor of, uh, of the Knicks. So maybe that's not even, maybe I shouldn't even be jinxing Except that right now. Except when they cheated their way out of the lottery. <laughs> Except um, when they what? 
isn't there like a huge conspiracy that uh Patrick Ewing uh that that pick was just like cheated by the Knicks? Oh yeah, the first pick. Isn't that like a huge conspiracy? Yeah, that's that yeah. was like the first lottery of all time. I I don't know too much about that, but um, I mean, to answer like, your what, question, I guess I'm definitely more excited about the playoffs. Um, yeah, the thing I personally I think that there's a pretty decent chance that the Knicks make the playoffs um, as a seven or eight seed, or potentially if they continue to play this well and the team like the Raptors, the Heat don't play well, maybe the six seed. Probably not. Pretty good chance that they won't. But I think it's definitely possible that they get the seven or eight seed. The thing that makes me hesitant about this is that the Knicks are the five seed right now at nineteen and eighteen going to the All Star break. At the eleven seed is the Hawks at sixteen and twenty. They're like how many games behind them? I don't like three and a half, four. So like the 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 East is just so compact. There are so many teams that are around five hundred right now that it could so easily swing and, like, if a team goes on a quick streak or a couple teams go on a quick streak and then a couple teams go on a losing streak, like, there's definitely chances that it's it's the, the, the playoffs are completely different than what it looks like right now because, like, Andrew just said in the chat, it's like a three-game difference between the 5 seed and, like, the 10 or 11 seed. Like, and the Pacers might be getting Karis LeVert back soon. Like, if he can play well, too, like, they could potentially be a good team. The Hawks have our new coach. They got rid of their coach, and they uh, they subbed him in with their assistant coach as an intern. Trey Young could be pissed off that he wasn't an all-star. He should be pissed off that he wasn't an all-star. Um, If they can stay healthy, potentially make a trade for John Collins. I mean, they're not bad either. Um, The Bulls, not much to say about the Bulls. Zach Levine's just insane. Uh, Lloyd Markinen needs to get healthy and actually play. And Kobe White needs to step it up, too. Um, a team that I would like to go into in the East really quickly before we go back into the Western Conference is the um, the Charlotte Hornets. They've been – I mean, they're below 500. They're 17-18, so they're basically at 500. But um, LaMelo Ball has been playing exceptional basketball. Um, Gordon Hayward has been playing – having one of the best seasons of his career. Tara Gier has been playing uh, pretty good basketball, too. He's been playing pretty well lately. Um and then P.J. Washington put up 40 in a, a couple of games ago. Miles Bridges is the high flyer we know him to be. Um, and then Cody Zeller is just Cody Zeller, honestly. Just <laughs> good old Cody Zeller. <laughs> oh, and Bismack Biombo's also nice. Um, so uh, <laughs> so I'm going to let you guys talk about the Hornets real quick. Yeah, I'd like to give a, a quick personal shout-out to uh, Scary Terry. Uh, Terry Ogier, proud fantasy owner of him. Uh, yeah, he's averaging like 20 points on like, it may not be like 50, 40, but I think it's like, I think it's like 50, 44, something crazy like that from the, from the few and from three. Um, he, he's one of those guys that's like some of the shots he shoots, they don't look like they're going to go in and they look like they're bad shots, but they just end up going in anyway. So he's such a fun player to watch. And obviously LaMelo ball looks like, uh, if the season ended today, he'd be the rookie of the year, um, uh, pretty easily. Uh, he's probably I think probably unanimously, honestly. Yeah, he's pro- he's definitely outplayed the expectations. Uh, a lot of people were wondering like if he's really gonna care, like if he's gonna play defense. Not saying he's a good defender at all, but he definitely cares and tries. And of the and uh, during uh, my time watching Hornets games, I do I I can see that he really wants to win. Um, and so some of his passes, which everyone raved about, are they definitely live up to the hype. Um. Uh, and another thing, the three-point shooting, people didn't know, but 
Um, he's, he's shooting pretty well from three, uh, as of late. Uh, I always see him on overtime house of highlights ESPN, you know, he's this year's Zion Williamson. Uh, so, I mean, he's definitely getting all the hype, but it's definitely well-deserved. Yeah. I think that the Hornets, uh, I've really enjoyed watching the Hornets mainly because of LaMelo ball, but also because of one of their missing pieces, probably their best player last year, Devonte Graham. He's been out for a really long time. And he hasn't been that good this season. I mean, uh, I had him on my fantasy team last year. Very, very, I very proud of him. I doubt they bring him back in free agency or trade him. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because he's second round pick. But um, uh, he's been injured. I think he's sort of the odd man out between Lamelo. Obviously, they're obviously going to keep him and Terry Rozier, who's been having an amazing season. Like Andrew just went over. But a bunch of their bench players have also been playing really, really well. Malik Monk. Maybe not looking like the bust everyone thought he was. Miles Bridges, obviously, really stepping it up in his new role. Uh, he's getting a lot more minutes this year than he did last year. P.J. Washington looking like a great lottery pick from the Hornets last year. So everything's looking pretty uh, pretty up for them right now. When Devontae Graham comes back, I do expect them to win more games as well. He's going to be coming off the bench most likely because LaMelo, it looks like he's just established himself as the starting point guard for that team. So they're not even at full strength. And when they are, I expect them to definitely move up in the standings. So, yeah, they're a really fun team to watch, and their commentators are definitely something else. Yeah, their announcer is definitely uh, very uh, invested um, in the game. But another team I would like to quickly bring up is the San Antonio Spurs. They've been uh, a surprise lately. Um, they, they have missed a few games uh, as of the last couple weeks, just finishing off the season because of COVID problems. Uh between their uh players but they've they've been a pretty surprising team you know a lot of people you know thought the west was going to be loaded this year which it is a ton of people just counted the spurs out and i guess greg popovich has kind of proven all the haters wrong all the doubters um he's probably the best coach in the nba uh pretty i i think he's pretty probably he's he's definitely the best coach in the nba and it pretty much shows i mean demar derozan is having a great season i thought I thought maybe he had a chance to be an all-star. I'm not sure if he, if he actually was going to get selected, but he's averaging 20 points, five boards, seven assists. Um, he's actually shooting threes uh, this season, where last year he didn't even take a three. I'm pretty sure he's over 30%, which isn't bad, which means you at least got to look at him if he's at the three-point line. Whereas last year, I think he took like one total three. Um, but they've had a ton of young guys step up. Uh, you know, Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, Yaka Pertle, uh they were playing the Knicks. They were playing the Knicks the other day. They got this guy. Their pick from last year, uh, Luca Samanich, or some, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, but uh, he he is like a Walmart version of Chris Alps Porzingis. Uh, he's like a a six ten, you know, um, just he 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 does not miss from three. He's automatic. Uh, so I think he can be a really good player uh, if he can develop into something in the future. Also, Patty Mills. Uh, Every time I look up, Patty Mills is hitting like a crazy three. He just doesn't miss. Um, so he's definitely a good vet for that team. And obviously, uh, their best young player, I know this is one of Campbell's favorite players, DeJounte Murray. He's having the best season of, the best season of his career. He's a really good two-way player. And I think that uh, he could probably give, you know, Dame and Steph and Chris Paul a little run for their money uh, on defense. But uh, I think the Spurs definitely... Uh, they might not be the most exciting team to watch, but if they get in a playoff series against one of these top teams, I think uh, they might be able to give them a run for their money. Yeah, I definitely think I agree with you, Andrew, 100%. Your main point was that basically that all of their young players, excluding like DeMar and all those guys, are really stepping it up. 
Keldon Johnson, he didn't really look like he was much in his rookie year, didn't have much of a role on that team. They weren't very good last year. They obviously were invited to the bubble, but definitely did, did not deserve to be in the playoffs. But now all those guys, Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray really stepping it up. Uh, Rudy Gay was having an amazing start before he got injured. I don't know if he's still injured. I haven't really seen him play in a while. But um, uh, Lonnie Walker, like you mentioned, and I think that the main key for this team is definitely their, their defense because Greg Popovich, obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time, he's definitely known for his defense. And it, it, like, it shows when uh, uh, the Spurs are on defense. Like DeJounte Murray, like you mentioned, he's a great two-way player. Lonnie Walker, he's been improving his defense. Same with Keldon Johnson, DeMar DeRozan, all those guys. So Greg Popovich really getting those guys in line and making sure they're playing on both ends of the floor because at the end of the day, the Spurs always play like that. And, I mean, since they're in San Antonio, they don't get much love, but they're playing really well right now, and I can definitely see them as a sleeper uh, maybe in the plan. Um. Before, I'm guessing Campbell wants to talk about DeJounte Murray for a sec. Um, two other young players. Rel- I mean, one of them is relatively young. The other one's a rookie. But uh, Derek White and Devin Vassell both haven't had too big of roles to start the season off. They've both been kind of injured. Um, or Derek White's been injured. I'm not too sure about Devin Vassell. But Devin Vassell hasn't been getting much playing time. Derek White has been hurt. But he does either start or comes off the bench as like a sixth man when he does play. Um, so those are definitely two other young players that they um, have been helping uh, or will be helping them or uh, will be helping them soon, hopefully, for them. Uh, yeah. On the on the topic of the Spurs, I feel like, well, first of all, I'm I don't I don't have the numbers for this. I I have an idea, but I don't want to spread any false stat. But what I do know is the Spurs this season have the most uh, ten points per game scores in their franchise since Tim Duncan got drafted in '97, which is pretty pretty incredible. Obviously, that shows they're playing team basketball. And uh, as as you guys said, Dejounte Murray. I feel like he's, he's other than DeMar DeRozan, I feel like he's really one of the centers of this team. I feel like he's, he does a really good job of knowing when to shoot the ball, when to pass the ball. Obviously, Dean said he plays good defense. I just feel like he's, he's really de- developed really good uh, decision-making with this team. And then another thing, one of the keys to the Spurs' success is they just don't turn the ball over. Like They had their most turnovers of the year last night, I think, or maybe two nights ago. And it was like 15. It wasn't anything like egregious. Like they just don't turn the ball over. They're definitely, I, I'm not sure, but I would, I would be pretty confident in saying they turn the ball over the least of any team in the NBA. They just don't make mistakes. They don't let team get, get, get out in fast breaks. It's just, it's hard to beat a team when you can't get running. So yeah, that, that's one of the big strengths of the Spurs, in my opinion. Yeah. The um, Spurs are, oh, you want to say one last thing, Tyler? Yeah. One last thing. Um, Okay, we, we are kind of making them out to be, like, one of the best teams in the NBA because we're doing talking so many positive things about them. Um, they're 18-14 and 14 at the 7th seed right now because the Western Conference is so loaded. That would be um, – that would probably be either the 4 or 5 seed in the East, just to put that into perspective. But they are playing good basketball, but uh, they – they could, I mean, they could potentially fall off a little bit. Maybe a team like the Mavericks or the Warriors could t- potentially catch up to them. I don't think they will, but I just want to put out there, they are a good team, but I don't know I, I don't know if they're as good as all the compliments we're making about them without giving uh, any really negatives. But uh definitely think that the Mavericks can catch them. Yeah, there's definitely uh, 
they're definitely I'm not sure if they can catch some of those top teams, but they're definitely going to be an interesting team to watch. Uh, lastly, uh, before we get to the shot clock segment for today's podcast, it's only right if we talk about the team with the best record in the NBA, the Utah Jazz. Um, so far this season, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, their dynamic duo, uh, their two all-stars this year have been phenomenal in leading that team. Also, last year, Mike Conley had a down year, one of the worst years of his career, and he's come back. And it was just announced today that he's going to be an uh, all-star. Uh, he's going to be replace Devin Booker, who was replacing Anthony Davis. So a double injury replacement, but still, he can still say that he was an all-star. Um, he's been having an incredible season. And Jordan Clarkson also, which I know Dean's going to want to talk about him for a little bit. Uh, he's probably unanimously, unanimously the sixth man of the year uh, at this point in the season. Um, he's been averaging what? Like He's been averaging close to 20, right, Dean? I believe 18. Yeah, 18. Yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty good for Jordan Clarkson. Um, he has the ultimate green light. He, he takes a lot of bad shots, but... Uh, they go in a lot of times, so it's pretty fun to watch. And they just got like contributors all over the floor. Like they have some of the m- the best three and D players in the league: Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, Bojan Bogdanovic. Like those players, they all fit the scheme and they all play really well. George's Niang uh, is another one of them. Also, Derek Favors is looking like rookie Derek Favors back on the Utah Jazz. He's giving them great minutes. So just all around, you know, Quinn Snyder has definitely done a great job, and the Jazz are. Uh, Definitely uh, well deserving of the best record in the NBA. Yeah, um, I think that the Jazz. What's leading to most of their success is that everybody's improving on that team. Obviously, you got Donovan Mitchell. He's their focal point. He's their star. He's their franchise player. You could call him that. And um, he's obviously going to start uh, keep improving. Uh, Drafted in what twenty seventeen? Yeah, twenty seventeen, I believe. Um, but uh, you got Rudy Gobert. Probably one of the front runners, if not the front runner for defensive player of the year. His third, by the way, Bojan Bogdanovic coming back from his injury. He's been a bit shaky as of late, but he is still contributing big minutes to their team. A lot of points. Jordan Clarkson, front front runner for sixth man of the year. Uh, you have Joe Ingles, who's having a great year. Mike Conley, obviously unexpected year. I didn't expect him to have a bounce back season like this at all. And then you got guys who I thought were like n- not even deserving of a role last season, like. Royce O'Neal, he's playing great basketball this year. I thought he he didn't even des- he didn't even deserve an NBA contract last year. If you watched him in the bubble, he was pretty atrocious. But um, I mean, everyone's improving on the Jazz, and that's what's leading to their success. They're playing a lot. They're putting up a lot of points. They have the highest point differential in the NBA, and they're playing great defense. Quinn Snyder's a great defensive coach. Rudy Gobert, obviously, he's leading so uh, that d- defensive load. Derek Favors great second center off the bench. So everything's going right for the jazz. They're on a two game losing streak, but I expect them to keep the one seed because Lakers ADs out. And I think all the other teams are a little too far behind to catch up to them. I mean, I don't think, I don't think they will be like, no one will be able to catch them the whole second half. I mean, I definitely think it's going to be a con, uh, like a competition, there's going to be a conversation for who's going to get the one seed at some point in the season. I definitely think that the Jazz have a pretty good shot at it, uh, being 27 and nine right now and having the best record in the NBA. Um, but they're just playing great team basketball, honestly. I mean, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have really established themselves as a good one-two combo. Uh, like you guys were talking about, players like Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, and um, Jordan Clarkson have established themselves as also three good NBA players. And Mike Conley um, got his first all-star appearance this season after replacing Devin Booker, as we uh, talked about a little bit there, which is um, 
Yeah, which is good for him. He deserved it probably in his Grizzly days, so he gets it now. Um, uh, and then, yeah, honestly, J- they've just been playing pretty good basketball. I expect them to continue to be playing well. And you know what? Maybe a team like the Lakers or the Clippers or the Suns, if those three teams can get healthy, could potentially catch them. But right now, the Jazz are the best team in the NBA in my eyes. So, And record-wise as well, obviously. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. They're their best team in the NBA record-wise, and they're playing like one one of the best teams in the NBA, arguably the best team. So definitely teams that can catch up to them, but right now, that's that that's my Yeah, opinion. it's definitely going to be very interesting to see if they can make a deep run in the playoffs because, as we know, last year they blew a 3-1 lead in the first round. Obviously, they've improved, and they didn't have Bojan Bogdanovich in the bubble last year, so we'll see what can happen. I mean, if they put themselves in good position with an easy uh, round one series, they could make a run, but... Um, uh, we'll see how it plays out uh, later on in the season. Uh, we're going to move on to the shot clock segment right now. So for today, the question is basically, you know, a team to watch in the second half of the season, a team that our viewers should keep an eye on, whether it's for the good or for the bad. Um, so we're going to start with uh, Campbell uh, for this shot clock segment. All right, 24 seconds on the clock starting now. All right, so a team to look out for, in my opinion, is the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they started the season a little bit slow. I know Drew was happy about that because the Knicks have their draft uh, their draft pick this year, but I think they're going to really turn it around in the second half of the season as they were to end this half. I think they were 8-2 in their last 10 games, moving up in the standings. I think they're around the 90 right now, and I think I'm looking for them to finish somewhere 4 through 6 maybe even. Yeah, they're 8-2 yeah. right now. They're 18-16, so. Yeah, I don't really want them to do well, but I mean, when you have Luka Doncic on your team, there's only there's only there's only you know so many L's you can take. Uh, we're gonna move to Dean now. Twenty four seconds on the clock. Ready, begin. So we briefly talked about this team earlier. I'm gonna go with the Charlotte Hornets. They're not even at full strength, as I mentioned earlier. Devontae Graham, arguably the best player last year, isn't even playing. Everyone's stepping on, up on their team. Obviously, Lamella Ball, uh, undisputed rookie of the year. You got Cody Zeller being Cody Zeller. Miles Bridges, PJ Washington having an amazing sophomore season. Gordon Hayward having looking like the max contract they signed him to. So everyone's everything's working well for the Hornets, and I expect them to have uh, at least a playing spot. Yeah, everyone clowned the Hornets for that contract, but it's not looking too bad right now. We'll see what he can do the next three years, but at least this year it's looking like it paid off. All right, uh, Tyler, you're up next. 24 seconds on the clock. Ready, begin. So I'm going to go with the team that is sitting at the 10 seed right now at uh, 516 and 16. The Memphis Grizzlies. Um, John Morant was out for three to four weeks with that ankle sprain. Brandon Clark has been hurt. Jaron Jackson was out the full, uh, full first half of the season. They should be getting him back soon. So if this team can get healthy, I definitely think they can make a run into the play-in and potentially make the playoffs. Because remember, last year with uh, a first-year John Morant and not that healthy of a team either, Um, they – Almost got the eight seed, ended up as the nine seed, but I definitely think that they can end up in the playoffs if they continue to play well. Yeah, definitely uh, keep an eye on, especially because they haven't even been that bad and their second best player has been injured. So uh, they're definitely a team to look after. Uh, Campbell's going to time me now, so uh, I'm One ready. One more thing to add that I didn't add really quickly. Jonas Valanciunas is playing the best basketball of his ba- uh, life right now. I mean, he's been playing like, a potentially top 15 center. I, I, that sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But better than 15 in my opinion. Better than 15, yeah. Okay, top 10 center, potentially. I don't know about that. Maybe, but, yeah. But he's been playing some good basketball. He's given uh, the Grizz their second best option. Uh, and another player to keep your eye on. This I was talking about uh, to 
with uh with him about uh I was talking about him with Dean um because I wanted maybe to invest in his fourth card Desmond Bain he's been shooting the ball very well recently he doesn't get much playing time but he's a very efficient scorer so maybe he can potentially uh become a pretty good player for the Grizz. Yeah, I didn't know when they extended the shot clock to 60 seconds, but regardless, we'll be moving on to Andrew. 24 seconds. New NBA rule, you didn't hear about it? (laughs) Get up to speed. (laughs) 24 seconds on the clock, starting now. All right, so the team I think everyone should be looking at is the Indiana Pacers. Tyler briefly touched on it. Karis LeVert might be coming back, and whether he's coming back or not, they're definitely a team to watch because they have lost six of their last 10 games. They lost a heartbreaker to the Knicks. They're not doing too well. DeMontis Sabonis plays 45 minutes a night. Malcolm Brogdon plays 50 minutes a night, which, trust me, he plays 50 minutes a night. They still can't win a game, so they're definitely a team. They're only two games back of the four seed. Uh, East is very close, but they're definitely uh, they're definitely a team to watch because they have definitely... Uh, not not got to their expectations for the season. To put that into perspective real quick, they are, what, two to three games behind the four, five seed right now? They are in 10th place in the Eastern Conference. So that Eastern Conference can swing very, very quickly. Yeah, it can definitely swing very quickly. It's just the Pacers are such an interesting team to watch because, you know, Sabonis and Brogdon are, I'm pretty sure, both top five in the NBA minutes per game, and they, they still can't win, um, which probably means that their bench needs to be better. Uh, as Campbell is very familiar with this player, TJ McConnell has been a nice boost off the bench. Uh, he just had, I think it was nine steals. Um, yeah, 10, ten steals in the NBA game. Steals. Nine in the first half. That is truly remarkable by TJ McConnell. Um, he's definitely how a very do, scrappy player. How do you even do that? Like, Yeah, that I was the watching Cavs. the game. I don't know what the Cavs were doing, but they... I have to assume they just handed it to him at the end of the half. I mean, like, if you're going to get 10 steals against a team, it's probably going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I mean, yeah. I was watching the highlights, and most of them were like lob passes to Colin Sexton, and TJ McConnell was just using his footwork to get around them every time. I feel like every steal was on Colin Sexton. I don't know if yeah, that's just- That's unacceptable by the Cavaliers. So, uh, yeah, I- I'm-, I'm a little bit mad. Yes, the Cavaliers are one of the worst teams in the NBA uh, for a reason. We didn't even talk about them uh, They're uh, probably because of that reason. All right, that'll do it for today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at ATBuzzerPodcast, in the platform you're listening on today. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for next week's episode.